Back to Old School with DP and J. Back, last big segment, old school. Kenny Will Height, Austin, and Jay Foreman holding it down on the ones and twos. Good conversation about uh, the inner workings of football teams in general, man. It's uh, it's real interesting, you know, what uh, you know people don't really get in- intel on, Kenny, and what makes it work. It's no different than a business. Nope. No different than a hospital. Uh, it, it's all a well, either a well-oiled machine or one that <laughs> needs an oil change. <laughs> And it seems like Nebraska's needed oil changes uh, quite frequently, man. Oil I want changes, to, tune-ups. Right. I want to ask you this, man. Is uh, that has nothing to do with Nebraska? I want to, you know, we talked a little about. We've always talked a little bit about coaching stuff, just just offline. And I wanted to ask you, in your, I guess, tenure or your experience, what scheme or schemes would you run, offensively and defensively? Like, I want. I really what I'm asking you is like. Where do you envision college football going? Do you think it's going to, you know, because I think potentially it could get, especially with the the changing of the rules, mm-hmm. right? It could get to more of a seven-on-seven seven with just pads on and guys just like, I, it, hope it, it, I hope not too. I hope not. But when you think of the way that they're trying to lessen the hits, you know, don't stop the clock on a drop pad. I, that, I don't think that'll ever be passed. They shouldn't. But – just the you know guys on defense don't don't know where to hit. I think everything's set up for the offense to be you know in an advantageous position, which scoring points is what keeps people watching in TV in the seats. Where do you in your you know experience or where do you envision um, or what would you do um, schematically, offensively and defensively? Um, you know to either be on par here in college football or you know try to get ahead. Offensively, I'll keep running RPO type right. stuff, keep people off balance. Defensively, I mean, I've coached in four three, four two five, everything under the everything sun. under the sun. My comfort zone was four three, you know. Right. Um, for more like an Iowa. For more like you know yeah, an Iowa, Iowa yeah. um, you know, match coverage, cover two quarters, cover three, some man, right? Zone blitz stuff. Yeah. You know. You know. I've, Visited Jimmy Burroughs and you know when they was at New Mexico State they had right. Jeff Jamrock they did a lot a lot of zone blitz stuff right so I'm comfortable with that but if teams continue to spread you out and go RPO you know then you got to get more you got to get more hybrid hybrids on the field right you know so your linebackers will, will probably be smaller but faster, faster. Um, you don't need those big guys but in the Big Ten you know the only teams that really spread you out is Purdue and Ohio State. Ohio State, but yeah. but Ohio State can come at you too now. Yeah, yeah, and that's with the with the spreading with, with, with the spread with look. The spread look. They the Ohio State people don't understand. They run more of a Florida type of spread. Yes, physical spread. Yes, versus like when Oregon was running theirs. Theirs is more of a finesse. There was finesse speed. 
Yeah. Small guys trick you, trick you, outnumber you, outnumber you, get you off balance. Whereas Ohio State, they, we we lined up as spread. We come right at you, right at you. Right. So mono e mono blocking too. So you can't get smaller against them. So right. it's going to be a week to week basis change. on change of what you're trying to do. Right. Again, I I, I praise Coach Bush because in Big Ten, we it's week to week to week right. changes. He reached out to guys that have coached against it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or have ran it to try to stop. Stop it, right? So he was getting intel that way sides. on both sides. Yeah. So, I mean, you as a coach, you're going to have to be able to adjust. Be able to adjust, right? It's, so I want to also ask you this, man. Since it's like a week to week basis, both offensively and defensively, let's be honest, right? Because some weeks you you know you like you know some teams that. Say they got defensive, a young defensive end. Well, we're going light, to light him up with RPO, keep yep. him off balance. Yep. Or if they got a really good defensive end, we're going to either run at him or confuse him by shifts, motions, and stuff like that, or run away from him. And so that changed this schematically. So with that being said, how, I mean, how important is roster management and development? Because you also, you so if you're going week to week, you have to have a kind of, Week to week roster, like you know what I'm saying. Like, okay, you got you, we might have to play a three three five, and we're gonna have to you know instead of our starting hybrid or what you know Jack position Joker position, well we might need two, and so well then that brings a second team guy onto the field. Now if you have some good linebackers, they can do all that. But let's just play devil's advocate. How important is that moving forward, in not only in the Big Ten but the landscape of college football, but even more in the Big Ten West. Because of the changing of, like we talked about, the changing of offensive coaches, coaching staffs, and schematics. So right now, with all the coaching changes in the Big Ten, other coaching staffs need to be studying where they came from. Right. You have to be stu- try to get a, a leg up, a leg up by right. studying what they did, where they came from. Right. So you're doing that right now. Yeah. Right. But as far as week to week, I mean, I'll go back to. Ernie Beeler and Lorenzo Brinkley. That was the year Ernie before. Be- that was the year before I got here. Ernie Beeler was a hitter. Yep. He now he may call me and give me some words after, right. but he wasn't a good cover guy. And he was number twenty three. Twenty three. Right. And, and Lorenzo Brinkley, Brinkley was number, number five. five. Right. So Lorenzo started. Lorenzo started off at corner, then moved to uh, safety, and then his last year he played that rover position where. Yeah. You know, you can cover. Yeah. So when we played cover teams, uh, spread out teams, passing teams, he would start. And Ernie would get mad because he was starting. When we played running teams, Ernie would start. And Lorenzo. And Lorenzo would. Yeah. So, but that was depth. Right. They created depth in that that situation. Right. So That's roster management. That's roster management. And development. And it's development. And it's communication. And it's communication. Which is probably more key than the first two <laughs> You, better, <laughs> you got to hey, communicate. Hey, 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 you don't want no brothers over there mad because nope. they had, especially if you had a good game the week before. So Ernie would come off a 12, 13 tackle game, and then we playing against a Colorado who would spread you out and, and, and throw the ball, and he wasn't starting. So he would let Coach Sam have a couple words. Mm. But then Coach Sam, Coach Sam was a good communicator. Right. He communicated with his guys well. So, again, now in this day and age, you got to have roster management in depth. Because just look at us this year, right? Right. We didn't have much depth. The management of the roster was 
It can come back and bite you. It can come back come back and bite you in the butt. Just look at it when we went against Iowa. Right. We started a five eight corner the last three weeks. Now he played well. Right. The last four weeks. Now he played well and he was up for the challenge. But when you're going against Iowa, they're gonna line up and do what? They're gonna come at you. Come at you. So what they're gonna do, they're gonna formation you and they're gonna leave him on the backside of a tight end. Now he's the last man. That's who we gonna make the, make. The, that's who we gonna have make the tackle. Right. Do you want your five eight one? If it, if it's Baron Miles, yeah. And, and Hartzog, it looked like he answered the call. He, he he did not back down. Right. So then that's then I'm cool with it. That, so, then, then, but that's what you. The, but we, that's not gonna happen all the time. It's not gonna happen. Right. Can he hold up in that situation? Yeah. Probably not. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Week in and week out. Week in right. and week yeah. out. No, he can't. So you're gonna have to have a bigger corner, or maybe a safety that you can slide in right. there. And then right, when they rock, give you a certain personnel, you got rock and roll. You got he's you got to go back gotta, and play safety. You got to come out. Yeah. You or, put a, or you, you bring help, a, or you bring the safety up to play the corner position and, and the corner, move the corner, the corner back. back right? And that's what you, that's the adjustments you the in game adjustments right, you have to do. It, so right. if they gave you twelve personnel for you guys that doesn't know, that's one back and two tight ends and two receivers, right? And they put if they go trips tight, so that's two receivers on one side with one tight end. They leaving the backside tight end. We would automatically have a check. And we'd go Sky. So Sky would put the safety down in the corner back in the C7 alignment. When I say C7, C stands for corner, and he's seven yards off the ball, and he's reading right. the tight end. But the line, the safety is setting the edge on the run. Right. That's how you get away with right. that. Yeah, you got it. I mean, that's, that's that's good in depth right there. I mean, that's stuff that, you know, it's funny. You guys are doing it right now. We were doing that back in 93. <laughs> hey, I mean, I ain't, I ain't we, trying we, to talk. We were you. doing I, it. We were but doing it back It, it in hasn't the changed. Yeah. Football is – go ahead, Austin. Football is football. Yeah. Football is football. You're not always, reinventing the wheel. People always get on here and talk about this change and the like. I was like, the ball ain't changed. It ain't changed. I I, I was I think I was I was talking to a coach. I won't say his name, but I was like, look, man, I can't. Don't come talking to me how many plays we play. We got off the we got off the field on third down, mm-hmm. and we got dudes that was attacking the quarterback, and we we was not missing tackles because it's it was a full on race to that ball because we wanted to get make plays. But we were doing some of – not some of it. We were doing all this stuff so much so far, so far, much farther ahead, at least when I got here with Coach D. We were playing matchup zones. Mm-hmm. We were playing – we were rocking it. I mean, you know how teams right now for you guys – so what teams will do if they want to know – well, here's – here, I'll start off here. They have made playing quarterback so simple now, which then the defensive coordinators have gotten lazy – to say, okay, well, we're we'll we're we'll make it easy for you to know whether we're in man or zone. So what teams you do, and you'll see it on the pros, the, and and this is what hurt uh, Philadelphia because we talked about it, is when you go in motion. So if Kenny's covering Austin and, and Austin goes in motion, Kenny goes with him, and I'm screwed. Not, well, ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, you would you, be you, you locked down. You, you. But as a coordinator, I know he's in man. Yep. Well, here's what Coach Darlington used to do way back in the ages, way back in the old days, right? And I remember this because this is where we were in 97. We were trying to – we were Ralph Brown was a young corner. We had multiple guys playing, uh, Brandon Harrison and Jerome Peterson and guys playing there, Erwin Sweeney, and then obviously Warfield and all them. So if they went from a regular formation, whether it was 11 personnel or 12, and they went from uh, the receiver went in motion to slot, so instead of bumping the coverage over and then knowing that we're in zone, he would make the corner go over there and have to play slot corner end zone. 
In zone. Yeah, and play zone. And play zone. So they're thinking we're in man. Yep. And we're playing zone. So what that does is it makes you be a complete football player, but then it causes confusion to the to the offensive Offense. coordinator and the quarterback because we, we have a guy running and playing zone. That means when Kenny goes from a corner to a slot, now he has to learn how to essentially play linebacker. Yep. He's got to learn how to cover the slot, cover the slot, which is totally different. First and foremost, you got to learn how to read, run, or pass. Run or pass. That's the, right. You have to read, run, or pass, which is harder. Very hard. For, especially when you've been doing something on the way outside. Yes. Then he has to play in. He has to play coverage inside the box per se, yep. which I call the box inside the two receivers, right, or inside the numbers, which is totally different. So that means you got to be more physical. You got to communicate. Now you got to communicate with somebody that he doesn't communicate with on a down to down basis because he's usually talking to a safety. I'm here for help. Yep. You know, inside outside coverage, and then you got to play. <laughs> then you got to play football. Now that's all we got to do on defense, but then on the offense you got to be able to handle that. And then you to throw Kenny a bone, which I used to hate, right? Because we used to never get any blitzes. Because this thing about my first of all, Terrell Farley, if I hear you fanboying Georgia Bulldogs anymore, wait till the next time I see you. I'm gonna tear your little butt up straight up. I'm tired of hearing Terrell Farley. Talking about the Georgia Bulldogs, like he didn't, like he, like he didn't play in the like, like he didn't play in the You, you saying Georgia Bulldogs, but you keep playing saying right. black talking, shirt. He talking about we, we talking about like he got a mouse we. in his pocket. Right. He speak we. French. Yeah. Anyways, what happened? So Terrell, or Terrell, so Terrell in his position, he get a lot of blitzes. Now he yep. get home and make plays. Well, Coach D, <laughs> Coach Darlington, yeah, I love him. Right? Is that so? Essentially, when Ralph and them used to come in in motion, they would be blitzing. Like, they covered. Let them cover. So, to throw them a ball, they be blitzing. Yep. So, case in point, we I think they were playing the audio of Coach Osborne when we were in the Fiesta Bowl. And Jamel got the safety. Well, actually, you know, Jamel wasn't supposed to be blitzing, but he blitzed. <laughs> right? But his position was supposed to blitz, but they kind of went four wide receivers. I think Florida lined up wrong. So, Jamel blitzed. Well, again, that was actually supposed to be a corner. So Coach D set up every coverage. Anytime they go empty, we won this corner and get, get all the glory. The D-line used to be mad at, at Coach D and the linebackers <laughs> because we got two All-American defensive ends, Grant Wisham and Jared Thomas, and Mike Rucker and, and Kelsey behind them that could get home. So when a safety or when a corner or when a little, we used to call him pipsqueaks, or Jason Peters called pencil necks used to come over there, they would always have to stunt. So you ain't getting home, man. Nope. They, they know because everybody, against, when, it's, when it's no backs, the, the offensive line usually slides or crashes down. And then they expect the quarterback to beat the blitzer. Yeah, quarterback responsibility for, right. for the guy off the edge. So that's that's it. That's Coach D. Corey Donald Kenny used to do that too, man. No, no, I'm just no. Playing. I'm gonna give you another example. Toby Wright. Right. Toby Wright, one of the hardest hitting dudes ever. 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 They didn't put him in man situation. Go get it. Right. He was either a zone player or <laughs> or a blitzer. Right. But he knew his role. Right. And played it well. And played it well. And right. you know what else happens after that? Everybody else plays it well, too. Yes. What made our defense really good is that we knew our personnel just as good as the coaches, and we covered for each other. It was never, come on, Kenny. You know, we knew, like, if if Kenny, if I, with me and you playing in and out coverage and you get beat, I know I'm a, my our job is to cover that dude. Yep. At the end of the day. When that play is over, we ain't coming in there and saying, Coach Sam, 
Well, Kenny got beat because Coach Sam was like, okay, well, if one of you, you, you ain't cover his back, then you ain't playing. You ain't playing. So that's the thing that we're Accountability. About, right, that's accountability. But that's how you develop a kinship, a kinship and brotherhood to be successful as a it, – it's, it's, it's operating individually, but we always thought collectively. Yes. We always did. And I think if kids took – if they take this mentality to do that, they could be really good. But as we talk about college football and developing rosters and all that stuff, it's huge. Um and it paid dividends for us, and and uh, you know it started way back in the day, and they still running them same coverages. The, the coverages aren't going to change. It's just different wording, right? But the coverages aren't going to change. You know, it's, it's who you put in those situations or who you put in that position to be successful. To be successful and play those coverages, right? And have they gotten enough reps to be confident? To be in. confident. If I know, I'm in cover three. There's two receivers on my side. Jay Foreman is that outside linebacker. He's going to push two out to me. Right. He's going to push two out to me. So I don't have to mid – when I say midpoint, that's game between one and two. Right. We call him the first – widest receiver is number one. Number two is the second guy in. But I'm supposed to be in between those two to play both of them. But I'm reading the quarterback to break on the ball. But Jay Foreman is the inside backer who's standing inside of number two. He's got to push two out to me to shorten that. Yeah, the reading space. The reading space. I got to have confidence that Jay Foreman is going to get that done. Right. Then I'm just going to play football. I always tell people the, the 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 part of the defense that makes cover three go is the linebackers. Yes. Right? I feel in cover four, it's the safety play and the strong side inside linebacker. Because if the strong side inside linebacker is excellent in his uh, three to two read, that yep. means a, a running back, tight end, or yep. offset – or wing, that means he. I can. I'm going to make Kenny into Cam Chancellor. Yep. I'm going to make Kenny into one of the best cover four safeties. Now I can be. A, if I'm not now, but then also you know what it does? It allows me to become a Bobby Wagner when I'm coming playing from depth down to when they try to throw a check down. I'm actually going to make more plays, and so um, you know team defense is where it's at, man. That's a good segment how we dive into it, man, and we'll you know we're going to to a break here. We're going to come in quick. Kenny, we got the uh, the first game, I think, tonight out of the uh, NBA All-Star break. I'm going to ask you about the new-look Lakers, whether you're going to pick them or not, before we uh, end this old school. Jay Foreman, Kenny Wilhite, old school. We'll be right back. 